Training, mindset, integrity, incremental improvement. What can you do better today? Start right here with the Pendola Project. Welcome back, everyone, to the Pendola Project. As always, I get to be your host, Matt Pendola. Today, I have Pat Lemieux with me. He is a sports agent. And the first thing I like to ask here, Pat, is... What is a sports agent really? What's a sport agent like? I think of Jerry Maguire, the movie, and I think a lot of people do. Are you are you Jerry Maguire, Pat? Um, you know, it depends what part of the movie that you're you're hopping into. Obviously, the uh, the opening scene of that of that movie specifically is you know is I would is what I would never want to be as an agent, right? Where he's only worried about the money and not about the well being of his clients. So. Um, you know, I, he kind of went full circle and he understood that he's got to work for the athlete at all levels. And that's what I strive to do. So happy athlete, um, you know, great agent. So, you know, I guess first thing though, I want to say thanks for having me on and I'm, I'm really excited to chat today and uh, yeah, look forward to answering a bunch more questions. Of course, everybody is hot off the, the press listening to the podcast with Gwen, which already sure. is a big hit. Yeah. And we talked about you in that podcast, um, saying your praises. We, we know the kind of support that you give Gwen over the years. And I have to imagine that had something with your decision to become a sports agent in the first place. Um, am I right there? What, what led you into this, Pat? Sure. So I think, um, you know, this, this role that I'm doing now, um, is something that you know I had I naturally I accidentally got my bachelor's degree in it following Gwen and and being next to her and understanding you know what it took um and then also reflecting on my time as an athlete as well and what I would want um you know how I came about into this you know this is this was brought to me I had a young woman who I still represent a woman named Ellen Noble she came to me uh, roughly two years ago now and and said you know i'd like i'd like have you thought about you know representing me and i'd like if you could be my agent so that was really the genesis of how this uh how this started and i think about i, I wrote a post about this like uh probably a month ago talking about the power of belief and you know ellen had belief in me outside of a role that you know i wasn't officially doing in any capacity um you know, and I was pretty upfront about that with her. And I said, look, Ellen, I, I, I know how to do this job. I just haven't done it yet. So I said, you know, if you're willing to take that risk, I would be honored. And it's, uh, you know, two years later, I've added some more clients and it's something that I really enjoy doing. Um, you know, I think the reality for me is I'm 33 years old you know, and I've never really had an official job. So this was, I had always been something that I was trying to figure out what was going to be next post Gwen's career and being an athlete agent uh, representative of people uh, is something that I, that I thoroughly uh, am enjoying and I look forward to doing for many years to come. Yeah, I was up, I, sorry, long winded answer. I woke up at six 30 this morning and got straight to work and I was, you know, I love it. And that wasn't, uh, that's something that shouldn't be taken for granted. I, yeah, I love that. When you're obsessed with uh, what you do, and that's, that's obvious. Um, the weekend I spent with you guys, 
you're plugging away first thing in the morning. And I like to think that I have the same type of schedule because I do love it. I get up first thing and I want to get going with my day and it motivates me to review and start to look at what I can do better that day to serve uh, the athletes that I work with. And I know you're the same. Um, I, I think filling a need, Pat, is, is what you described there too. I think all great things come from filling needs that people have and you're there to serve those needs and you realize, hey, you know, this is something that maybe I can do pretty well and serve others better. And I, I love the, the idea behind that. So you were a cyclist yourself. Can we talk a little bit about that? And um, also, I think when it comes to the athletes that you're working with now, I, I think that they are mainly cyclists. Is that right, Pat? Seems to be that there's a theme with a bicycle component there. Yeah. Um, there, yeah, there is. Yes, there's a bicycle. I'm at the thing. Yes, they all, they're all, there's a bicycle involved in every one of them. Um, you know, so look, uh, cycling's always been a passion of mine for, for a really long time. Um, you know, I aspired to, to be a professional and I achieved that at a, you know, at a small level for a couple of years in 2011 and 2012. So that was kind of the peak of my career. Um, also recognizing that, you know, the peak of my career, I realized when Gwen and I started dating, I was next to an athlete that I realized could be best in the world. And I was far from somebody that was best in the world. Uh, or I, yeah, I was far from, from, achieve, from being the best. So, you know, one thing that strikes me in the role that I get to be in is I can assess talent and, and, you know, I create a belief of what I think that person could become. Um, and I want to be a part of that. So, you know, the line that we use a lot is fingerprints on success. I'd like to have my, you know, my fingerprints on as much success as possible. And I think that that's something for me that that's, that's why I wake up in the morning and that finding that is what's quite, a, is the addictive part of my job. Right. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's wonderfully said. Uh, man, I'm motivated to become one of your athletes just listening to you talk about it, buddy. So uh, what if an athlete is looking for somebody like yourself, what do they look for in your opinion? And uh, how does that process really, really happen, Pat? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, the reality of the reality of my job, at the end of the day, my job is to bring my clients as much money as possible. If we just really break it down and go back to Jerry Maguire for a minute, his job is to get the best deal for his client. It's my, what sets me apart, I would hope is that I understand the hoops that need to be jumped, that have to be jumped through as an athlete and, and the full ecosystem of what needs to fall in place to be a successful athlete. So what do I look for? there needs to be a fantastic coach and athlete relationship that I think is the foundation of a great athlete is that needs to be rock solid. And if we look for themes of great athletes across all disciplines, I think you'll always find the coach athlete relationship is, is vital. So, um, you know, there's been times when I've turned down athletes because I don't see that, 
picture as clearly as I need to. I need to, I need to know that the, the athlete is being, um, has great coaching on the back end. So that's something that's really important for me. Um, you know, what draws an athlete to somebody like me or to find somebody like me? Um, you know, I, I think it's probably trying to create some clarity around the business points that they're looking for. And then also, you know, they probably need some career advice and, you know, understanding the lay of the land as, as far as who's out there in their ideal pool of sponsors, who do they have available to choose from and can they open all those doors um, to gain access and go, okay, well, can you, could I get a deal at this bike company or this shoe company? Um, so I guess I'm, I'm employed to help open those doors. Yeah. I really liked what you said there about bottom line is you're, you're there to make them money. And that's not a bad thing, but I, I kind of think of it this way. Look, I, I had um, very little uh, success financially until my wife, Erin, took over. And she sort of became my agent for the business, if you will. Um, yeah, of course. Right. And then that's where she said things like, look, if you want to hire Matt for this seminar or to, to do these things, this is what his time is. And I could not be that person. I, I would just, uh, I'd want to help. And I think that's a good thing, but I think athletes want to focus on their careers in other words, and they, they want to focus on what they do best and they're not business people for the most part. Um, and even if they are, it's not necessary they feel comfortable with. I know you and I even talked about how a lot of athletes just, um, they sign a contract just kind of happy they got one and not really uh, looking towards what they're really worth necessarily. And they're almost afraid to ask for more. Is that right, Pat? Yeah, that can, I mean, that certainly can happen. And, you know, they've got, they've got certain silos of what they believe, where they believe they can do the best work. And what we want to try and create for the athlete is as much time in the silo of training and racing and the need to have comprehension of the business and the other aspects that are going to help them. But ultimately the number one goal for the athlete is performing in training and performing in racing. And how do we, how do we service the other silos, but just keep them understanding their core business and sticking to their core business. Yeah, no, I, I like that. You know, I, I'm going to talk about what works for me, but I'd like to get your feedback on this. So uh, essentially, when I look at a brand, I, for example, you know, I like to do my mountain running and everything I get there um, is from this company where their, their motto says born in the mountains. And as soon yep. as I read that, I'm like, okay, you know what? they're talking to me right now. I'm going to get those shorts. And sure enough, I love them. I don't know how much of that was just because uh, it, they put it in my head that I would love the product because I'm made for the mountains, Pat, right? I'm born in the mountains. Yep. And when I, I, I think about somebody like you and I think, okay, you know, what, what you want as an athlete, you know, it can start with really what you need. And having somebody like you, Pat, you know, people like that who are going to serve that athlete first and who are going to really think about what do you, what do you want? Yes. Out of, you know, out of life. And one day you need to be able to retire with this legacy that you're living. You need to be able to take care of your family. I know 
you know all too well about those things. And so I, I think of somebody like you just saying, okay, Pat's looking out for what I need right now so I can get what, I, what, what it is I want out of my legacy and to be able to take care of my family and, the, and, and those that I love. And, and so can you speak a little bit on that, your thought process there, Pat? Sure. So I think ultimately, you know, if I onboarded an athlete, you know, my first step is my first step in understanding the, the picture for them, the painting for them is say, what do you want to do in your sport? What's the what's the pinnacle, right? Could be gold medal, could be winning some big race, whatever they want to do. Um, okay. And then say, how do we, how do you want to get there? Understanding there where they are now, up to the right where they want to get to where does somebody like me fit in and match with that and see our, what are the other steps what are the other what are the other bridges that can be built to help them get there so um that's that's what i want to look at and then i have an understanding of you know when i can place my foot on the gas when i need to put it on the brake from a commercial standpoint for them to you know to benefit financially from it Right. And I think it's a, a common thread that guys like you I use an acronym called love, right? So uh, listen, understand and verify. And, and that is something I try to live by and then act, right? Which is just basically you, you take that action, right? And so action changes things, right? <laughs> So yep. I think about somebody like you and it's okay. He, he, he loves and he acts. And these are the things that will help me. And I know that he'll over deliver for me. I know if I have a question that he'll be there for me. Now, this is something that Gwen talked about with you and the kind of person that you are. And she said, you know, honestly, sometimes it's frustrating, but I get it because it's what makes him great and what's and what makes him pat. And, you know, I, I would, again, humbly say, I think my wife says the same things about me. And I kind of smiled when she talked about that because uh, I told Gwen at the time, I said, you know, Gwen, that's exactly where I've always thought separated uh, me in my industry. And I think that's exactly what's making Pat so successful in, in his. So would you speak on that a, a little bit? You know, I think it comes down to, I want to be somebody that people know they can rely on. And if they call me, they know they can get it done. So I want to be in the brand of getting it done. Um, and that can mean, it doesn't mean it's getting a yes or getting, you know, all the time, it, but it's that I will, what's been asked of me, I will do, and I will complete to the best of my ability. And I think that's, um, those are the kind of people I want to surround myself with. And those are people I love having in my corner. Um, and I think of, uh, I think of our Gwen and I, we have a personal accountant and, uh, Emily is somebody that I love and she's a get it done person for us. And she provides clarity and she's always somebody that I can, that we can rely on when we have questions. Um, so her, 
her behavior in her line of work is, is something that I aspire to replicate as well. Absolutely. And Pat, you're such a family man and I, people love stories. And I think that when it comes to uh, your, you and Gwen and your relationship and the family that you've built, I know that it all takes a village, but this of course was an exceptional story in Go Gwen Go. And I, I've really been telling people that they need to pick this book up because it's <laughs> so important. It really is. I, I love this book. I have so many highlights in it. And in fact, um, I do plan on putting out a podcast just about the lessons that I learned from Go Gwen Go. And of course, you're in the book constantly talking about how you were serving Gwen. And I know that this um, was a labor of love for many, many reasons. But I, I would just like people to hear a little bit about who you are as a person, Pat, and um, you know the many lessons I think we can learn about putting your ego at the door and, and sharing with what I talked to you about is I really respect you, Pat, as a father and a husband, because you do, you, you serve your family first. And I really, I don't see any ego there. I think we all have a healthy ego, but I'm talking about what really comes first in life. And you have such a good handle on that. Um, you're always doing things that will support uh, Gwen's schedule, her health, and obviously her career, but then really as a father, and I think that's the part that uh, Gwen and I had talked about these things a little bit when we talked, but I, I think talking about your son and what kind of legacy as a man that you're teaching him and leaving him as a father, I, I just think that's so important, Pat. And What's important to you as a dad? You know, I think as a, as a, as a dad, I just want to be somebody that's as a safe space for Stanley, obviously, um, and be present for him. And, and, you know, I think uh, if I think critically of myself for a minute, that's not, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm cursed that I get to work from home. Right. So it would sometimes be easier if I just got to leave and go work from nine to five. And then I could feel like I could shut off a little bit easier at home. Um, you've spent three days with us, you know, our life is much more fluid than that. So it's like, you know, I work, you know, two hours in the morning, then I've got a couple hour break, then I'm back on at 30 minutes here, 40 minutes there. So I think for Stanley to be able to see mom and dad for the majority of the day is something that's awesome. Um, but it is a constant challenge figuring out when I should have my foot on the gas or off the gas for him. I'm not sure if that answered your question, but that's where my head went. No, I, I did answer my question and I, I did take some notes, uh, mental notes in my, in my head, Pat. And when I, um, look at how being a father is affecting my my daughter and what I want her to see in the future when she's, um, you know, maybe interested in, in uh, getting married one day, I, I hope to see that she finds somebody that respects her and loves her and serves her. And that it is a 50 50 type of relationship. And I didn't see that uh, much growing up myself. I think it was different back then in some ways. 
but things have changed a bit more. And I think it's super important that, um, that, that, that we are that's who we say we are, right? And that we are representing that for our kids. Um, my, my Mia, she, she is my pride and joy, of course. And, and you can see all of that love and, and uh, support and respect with you and your family. And I just love how active Stanley is and how he loves to just just play and just find joy in everything yeah. he does. But at the same time, giving him those opportunities to really express that is is so important. So if I can just share something here is I think um, playing chess with my daughter Mia, I thought in the beginning that one one day she was going to start to beat me and that that day might be in a couple of years because she's eight turning nine soon actually but you know i got a couple of years before she can start doing that she's uh starting to beat me on a regular basis already she got me in checkmate the other night i couldn't believe it um we we are i'm struggling just to keep up with her and my point to that is i look at her now and i think you know if if i've done if I've done my, my job right, if you want to call it that as, as a father, then she's going to be a better version of me and she's going to live uh, a better life. And that's what I want for her. And, you know, I, I see that with you guys and I, I can tell obviously that that is important to you too, Pat, but when it comes to what kind of legacy you're trying to live for Stanley and what kind of husband you want to be and these things, I think that when we tell these type of stories, it's, it's really helpful to be vulnerable and you are vulnerable. And I, I respect that a lot about you. Do you, do you have any um, tips for, for, for the dads out there, for the husbands out there? Um, I know I'm putting you on a spot a little bit, but just sure. anything you think would help us all sort of, you know, cause we all need help. And I love listening to advice from, from other people that I respect. And, and so I'd love to get yours on this, Pat. Sure. I think um, where my head goes with this is is embracing an acceptance mindset. And I think, you know, I'll use the example of my bike riding. I don't get to ride my bike as much as I as I want to or as much as I used to. Um, and I've accepted that I get to make the most out of my, you know, somewhere between 45 minutes and 90 minutes a day. And I don't feel like I'm a victim of my circumstance that doesn't allow me to ride my bike the three or four or five hours a day that I used to when I was in my 20s. So um, an acceptance mindset there has made me excited. Yesterday, I had a great 55-minute ride on the trainer. And 22-year-old Pat would be really disappointed that I was you know, stuck, that I could only ride for 55 minutes on a trainer. Um, but, uh, you know, that's something that I, that most days I do look forward to doing and escaping. And that's something that, uh, I'm happy with. So yeah, embracing acceptance mindset, I think is something that's very helpful and allows you to overcome challenges every day, big and small. Oh yeah. So, so well said. Um, okay. So Pat, getting back and to conclude today's episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about I'm I'm a trail runner and there's not a lot of money in trail running. Um, so for somebody who's maybe just climbing their way up, not quite ready for an agent like yourself, 
Um, but are there any tips that you could say what you should be looking out for as you're, you know, improving in your sport with maybe some hopes of getting sponsorships? And are there things that, that, that uh, we can do? Are there people that we can email or contact or sure. how do we get ourselves out there? Yeah, I would say you've got to put yourself in the right frame of mind to start. And this is something that I should have said at the beginning of the episode. I'm not in the sales business. I'm in the service business. I serve for my athletes and I serve for their partners. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, athletes need to realize that they're in the service business as well. They have to serve for a potential partner and understanding the best capacity that that can be done in. So, you know, what's relevant nowadays, it's, you know, obviously it's social media and results, but how can you give, how can you provide value to a potential partner and what are you doing to serve them? Um, And so that can be at a whole bunch of different levels. That could be, you, you know, as an entry level athlete, you could be thrilled about getting product. What are you doing to showcase that brand and, and serve them and position them in the best possible light? So I think that that's the same mindset that one should be in, whether they're an entry-level athlete or the highest level possible. Um, they're, in the, uh, they're in the service industry. Yeah, I, you know, that reminds me when I'm talking uh, in my business, Pat, um, as you know, I've worked with a lot of high school athletes over the years and then into college. And so a lot of them wanted to go on to play or perform at the college level. And they would ask me for recommendations on how they could get noticed. And a lot of times I would go back to that statement that you said, which is, have you, have you asked the coach how you can help the team get better? Have you asked the coach how you can serve the team or the coach or the program, all of those things. And that tells them that you're interested in, in uh, being a team player. So no matter if you're, I think, trying to get into a college or get some sponsorship, the first thing is don't ask for, but ask what, what can I do? What, you know, how can I be that person? Right, Pat? Yeah, I would encourage, I would encourage, uh, just asking great questions anyway. And that's something if I reflect on my own experience as a cyclist, I didn't ask enough questions to those around me. How do I get better? What do I have to do to get better? Um, And that's something that, you know, obviously somebody you've worked, you work with Gwen, um, she asks great questions and she's, she finds, um, she can set her, ego aside and say how do I you know how do I get better at this and she's always very curious as to how you get better um and so I I would be curious ask questions is the best advice I can give no matter what level you're at all right it's perfect advice Pat and just to be clear though um, we talked about how you everyone's on a bike at some point that you are representing but they don't have to be right. Um, you represent if, if somebody wanted to hire you, let's say um, com- a completely different sport, uh, could they hire you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd love to chat with them. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to explore that and learn about those opportunities. Um, yeah. You don't, it's not a, uh, it's not a, 
prerequisite that you have to ride a bike to, to be represented by me. So, um, yeah, I'd be curious. I'd love to learn more. I'd love to learn about other sports, other disciplines. And, um, yeah, it's early days in my business and, and, um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So. Awesome, Pat. Well, I just have one, uh, final question and this just is something that I'm actually taking from a mentor of mine and asked me, and I thought, you know, this is a great question to ask. So when have you failed in your life, Pat, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, I think, um, hmm, failure. I would say there have been times, and I'll just use email as an example or text messages, um, I can't think of a time that I've been super burned by it, but I've learned that you need to, you don't need to have a knee jerk reaction to every email or every text message that you receive. So I'm, I'm super blessed that Gwen and I have a relationship where, you know, a lot of times I'll draft an email that I need to, that I need to be responding to that's important. And, and I'll take the time and let Gwen proofread it or say, oh, I would change this, you know, that looks a little bit different. So um, you know, failure would be not doing that and sending something as a knee jerk response or something that just didn't need to be said, um, in written form like that. So I would say that's the, that's the best advice I can give around that. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I, I do like to share with my athletes that failing, if it's your first time doing something, it's the first attempt in learning. I, you know, I'm, I'm big with acronyms. You can tell Pat. Sure. Um, and then I also think it's important that we also look at frequent attempts in learning. So uh, that's failing to me. And um, you mentioned with Gwen, she asked a lot of questions. And when I was there at the house um, and doing the assessments, she asked me a question I did a terrible job answering. I, I just did not really, I knew in my mind what, uh, what it was that I needed to do with her, but I couldn't put it into words. My didactics were not clean. And the next morning, I just uh, had reviewed my notes and it said there, explain dot, dot, dot. And so I went into just what I felt like was what I needed to do to get that explanation forward. And it took yep. me probably about an hour of, of putting notes together and saying, okay, <laughs> within two minutes, I have to explain this to Gwen. And if I'm being realistic, I think it took me five minutes, but at least, <laughs> at least I, when we got done, she said, okay, Matt, I, I get it. I do understand now what you're yeah. talking about. It makes sense. And so I just encourage people to really not look at it as, well, I suck at this, or I'm not going to be good enough. It's more about, I'm going to look at what I can control, what I can do better. And Sometimes just by saying, you know what, I don't know, but I'll find out, or I'm not supposed to know everything. Um, and, I, and I think that that's an important takeaway when it comes to that failure. So that's, you know, that was kind of what my thoughts led to in, uh, in your answer as well. Would you, would you agree with that, Pat? Yes. And so, uh, Pat, just, uh, just want to finish off with where, where can people find you? Um, I know it's a process and you can't take every athlete um, <laughs> because you do offer such a personalized service. 
But if they do want to try to contact you and say, well, this is where I'm at, maybe uh, now or in the future, you can consider me. Um, would there be a way to, uh, to do that? Sure. Yeah. The easiest way to find me and the easiest to remember would versus me saying an email or phone number right now would just be, uh, you know, like the kids say, find me in my DMs. You can start with my Instagram uh, DMs. It's probably just the easiest way to kick things off. And then it's easy to transfer over to a different form, like an email or a phone number from there. So, yeah. Perfect. Pat Lemieux, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I will definitely take some notes myself again. And, uh, you know, if I have the athlete that I know is, has that potential and, and does need an agent, you're the guy that I'm going to be thinking of. Yeah. And all do re all respect to you, brother. Cheers. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Thank you, Pat. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, and I do hope that you learned something from it. Just to remind you, please share our podcast, especially if you feel like it's really speaking to you and it's helping you, then why not share it with other people so you, they can get that same help too. So anybody that you really feel like would benefit from this, just take a minute and share that with them. I know personally that I listen to other podcasts that I really love and enjoy listening to, and I have good intentions of writing a review or sharing it, and it just doesn't happen. So I get it, but after a year and a half now of doing podcasts and really enjoying the process, I have learned that I really need to ask for this, and this is something that is starting to work. So I'm asking that you guys do take a minute and share, that you write a review, Anybody that it can help because it's helping you, you know that it can help them to please share it with them. We want to help as many people as we can. And we are our own sponsors. This podcast is um, it's a passion. It's something it's a, lo a love, but it is still a labor as any work still is. And it is something that we do need to get out there so that we can keep doing this and keep serving others. Uh, last little bit here, I want to make sure that everyone knows I do have programs that are coming out for 2021. We're really excited about them. They will be very affordable and something that anybody can sign up for and benefit from. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I know that you guys will love it too. So we'll look forward to getting fit and being healthy in 2021 together. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time.